Welcome to Skilling with People podcast. I'm Guinevere Curry, your host, and I have a question for you. Have you found that your software systems are so over-engineered, it's impossible for you to scale? Well, I have Brian Childress here with me today, and he is a fractional CTO, and he's going to share with us why it's important to keep your software tools simple so you're able to scale quickly. Brian, nice to meet you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Guinevere, it's great to be here. Yeah, so Brian Childress, I'm located in Virginia, and I am a fractional CTO. So I have the the privilege of working with a number of different startup teams, small and medium-sized businesses, and helping them to design and scale their software solutions. So um, I'm a software engineer, software architect by trade and training. So I worked uh, across a number of different verticals and a number of different industries uh, over my career and really, really come to enjoy working with kind of fast-paced, quick-moving, globally distributed teams. That's awesome. So we were talking briefly a minute ago about how a lot of companies can over-engineer their software tools, and that's becoming problematic for companies to scale. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's a really interesting trend that I think we're seeing in the industry. And really, there's a number of different reasons that I think it happens. But the the problem that we're seeing is that a lot of companies may, if they're building uh, software, so say a SaaS solution, a lot of the ways that we start building that is just overly complex. We're bringing in too many different platforms or tools and you know, it it works. It can work well in the beginning, but as the platform starts to grow, as we start to add more engineers, it can become really, really difficult to make sense of what's going on. And that's where I help a lot of d- different companies in you know, kind of scaling back the complexity of their application so that they can continue to scale and provide great service to their customers. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because a lot of times when I come in to support my customers, there there definitely seems to be this a little bit of buzz around, oh, we got to fix this. But in order to fix this, we break that, which then breaks this, which brings, you know, and it's like, how is it like it gets so, so complicated that all of a sudden your duct tape is like everywhere. <laughs> the virtual duct tape, yep. right? <laughs> So when you come in and support your customers, what's some of the things that you're seeing uh, in regards to like how you can identify that problem? Like how can a CEO, a founder identify this problem before it gets to a point where something's about to break? I think a lot of leaders in organizations start to get a sense of when things are not going in the right direction pretty early on. And just the nature of some of these businesses, there's a lot of other things happening. So we tend to kind of ignore what our gut is telling us. Uh, but really the kind of some telltale signs that I look for or I advise uh, CEOs and other leaders to look for is when you start to see a, a significant kind of slowdown in the speed which we're able to produce software, which we're able to add features and you know address customer concerns. Uh, I also see opportunity uh, to identify some of this when you know there's a bit more kind of instability in the system right we have to fix more things uh it's broken more often uh customers are starting to see these types of errors those are big kind of red flag moments that i think leaders really need to kind of pay attention to 
and then begin addressing as soon as they can. Because if we allow those to kind of continue to uh, go on, then it only becomes worse and it can get to a, a pretty dire uh, situation. And unfortunately, I've seen it get so far that uh, companies have completely uh, folded because of the complexity or because of the errors and issues that they're seeing uh, in what they're building. Yeah, I've actually been in a, a company where the the platform they were selling was so broken, but the only way to fix it was actually just start over. Like there's just no way you you get so far down the road, like you said, and it's just like you can't go back. The train has left the station, <laughs> right? And so it's like, you got to really listen to your instinct. And as a CEO and founder, you built this company on instinct. Don't let yourself stop listening to your instincts in regards to your platform and your software tools that you're building. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to uh, be able to build the right product or software tool and make it be functional for your customers. But it seems to be like a fine line. How do you not over-engineer it for scalability and yet produce what your customers want? The scalability is a really interesting term. Uh, and we hear it kind of used a lot. And for me, I have a, my own definition that I like to uh, talk with my founders and, and companies that I'm advising. Um, so I see scaling happening in three ways. And so typically that looks like adding more users to the platform, right? We're just adding more customers. And that's a fairly common, easy to solve problem, honestly, as far as technology goes. The other way that, that we scale is our ability to add new features to the platform. So how easy is it for us to, if we think about software like a house and we want to add an addition to our house, how easy is it for us to knock down a wall and add an addition? Or how easy is it for us to change the color in a room or the tile on the floor? If we kind of think about it in those terms. Uh, and then the third way that I think about scale is our ability to add more developers or engineers to the platform. And so in those ways, either adding additional features or adding developers, that comes down to how do we structure, how do we architect the platform so that we can continue to grow in those ways. Honestly, adding more users is a pretty easy problem to solve. The others become a bit more complicated. And so I think those are areas that we definitely want to focus on. Software and, and building software as a team is complex enough. So I always encourage folks to start as simple as possible. Uh, you know, there's a lot of new and shiny things out there. You know, the, the cloud providers, the AWS and the Google Cloud of the world. You know, there's a lot of offerings there that look really interesting and are really exciting. There's a, frameworks and, and languages that are out there that developers really want to gravitate to. Um, but at the end of the day, we're writing software to serve our customers and to grow a business. And so unfortunately, I think we have to kind of take a step back and just start with being very, very simple in the thing that we create. It's going to become complex over time, no matter you know what we do. So let's not start with complexity out of the gate. I always encourage us to start very, very simple and then grow from there. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like from the people perspective, when you're bringing on new talent, you know, you're growing your engineering team, you need to develop more and build more. You need people to do that. Being able to get them up and running, onboarded, understand what what where you're going, 
understand where you, where you came from, how you got there, what the foundation of the software language, what's going on so that they can get acclimated and up to speed quickly is such a crucial part of onboarding new hires in a startup. The longer they have to take to get onboarded and understand the complexities of the tools that are built so they can start adding to it, the less you're getting from them. You know, to having someone be able to start putting code into your software a month in versus three, six, eight months later makes such a huge difference when you're really, uh, you know, every startup is on a clock. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, and it's, I think it's both getting the developer to be productive as quickly as possible and able to effectively contribute to the code base is really valuable. I also think it plays a major role in the excitement of that developer and really the retention of that developer. If it's challenging to feel like they're contributing and making a meaningful impact, it's more likely that they're going to uh, maybe not hang around as long because it's just frustrating in general. So I like to really kind of focus on what is that developer experience, the speed which they can get up to being productive and feel effective. You know, I think that's really, really valuable, not only for the business, you know, in that, you know, the the time frame that we have to to build and get out to the market, but also our ability to retain great talent. What do you see the signs are in regards to the over-engineering? Is it coming from the customers and what you're trying to build to go to market? Is it um, just like the desire of the founders that they want this product or tool to look like this? Or is it uh, is it a little bit of the engineers just loving what they do so much they just over-engineer things? Like, What do you see are some of the signs that founders and CEOs can look for as their product starts to get built out? I would say all of the above, honestly, Guinevere. Uh, so I think there's definitely a desire for engineers to build and get to kind of play around with these new technologies. I mean, that's what's drawn me to the industry and kept me in for so long is the ability to kind of play around with new technologies and uh, you know figure out how things work. It's just, it's a part of the fun. Uh, I think there's also, you know, maybe misaligned ideas around how does technology play a role in the business? And, you know, software engineers are, are a pretty expensive line item for many companies. And so we have to make sure that we're, you know, aligning those interests that what the developers and the engineers are creating is aligned to the business. Because at the end of the day, if there's not a business, unfortunately, there's not a place for that engineer to be creating software. And so I think that there's a bit of a mix. Uh, you know, I see a lot of early stage startups kind of struggle with just technical direction, especially if, uh, you know, one of their kind of key founders is very, very technical. They may be trying to build the things that they're excited to build and this they see that as an opportunity, uh, but they're not necessarily focused as much on the business, unfortunately. And so I think that always has to be kind of top and center for the things that we consider. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I, I've seen times too where it's not intentional, right? A lot of times it could be the fact that people are not asking the right questions. So how do you help your customers figure out what questions to ask and, and, and grade that in the engineering and management team? I think it's really important for the engineers and the engineering organization to understand who the customer is and the problems that they're solving. Engineers, just by their nature, are very, very good problem solvers. 
But if they don't understand the pain points of that end customer that they're trying to solve, then they're going to kind of make up their own problems to solve, uh, you know, and then they're going to come up with overly complex, unnecessary solutions, unfortunately. So as an engineer, I've always wanted to be as close to the customer as possible. And I want to get that feedback from them as often as possible. So, you know, some of the horror stories that we hear that an engineering team goes and spends eight months locked behind closed doors to build something that they think is going to be the solution to the problem. But when they come out, it's actually not even close to what the customer really needs. And unfortunately, they've spent all that time and money to learn that uh, very expensive lesson. So I think it's it's just really important to kind of stay close to what the customer needs. Yeah, kind of doing almost a root cause analysis for every request that comes from the customer, right? Understanding, because I could say that I need a door, but I didn't mention that I wanted it to be within the frame, I, you know, or I wanted a barn door, or it needs to open inward, not outward, or why do I even want a door up here, right? I want to keep the kids out, the animals out. Like there are all these things that you could figure out kind of going back to your home analogy of why I'm asking for it. So what other tidbits, uh, you know, or tricks or tips that you could give to founders and CEOs out there that are listening? Uh, I like to really uh, push software development towards the end, which is kind of a strange thing to say from a, you know, an experienced software engineer. Uh, but I think it's it's more valuable to get a an idea, a concept out in front of our customers as early as possible and really start to validate the ideas and the concepts just to make sure that we're going in the right direction. And then we once we kind of understand that, then we gradually add on technology to solve the problem. But when we start with custom development as the solution out of the gate, uh, I find we have a, a lot more challenges uh, to to try and uh, battle. But I really think it's important to to just be out there talking to as many people who we think are our ideal customers. And when we find the folks that are really you know interested in what we're proposing, then we know that we've identified our our customer and we've really touched on their pain points. What's been a, a challenge that you've seen? They've come in and helped the CEO, founders, even the engineering team resolve? What's kind of like maybe a common theme that you've been seeing lately? Uh, I see a lot of overly complex software. Uh, I really, really do. So a lot of really interesting tools, especially as AI and machine learning Mm -hmm. have really uh, kind of taken the industry by storm. There's a lot of gravitation towards uh, adopting these new technologies and trying to find ways, really finding problems that need a solution. Um, And so, you know, I think there's a lot of just, you know, unnecessary addition of complex software or technologies that are really kind of hindering CEOs and their ability to kind of grow their organization. But I think it's just really important to kind of take a step back and just keep things simple, which is can be really hard from an engineering perspective, because we want to solve those really interesting, you know, Google and Netflix uh, size problems. But unfortunately, the stage that most companies are at is it, we're just not there. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So you open it up AI. Any uh, any insights or thoughts in regards to the AI industry and how it's impacting the startup world? 
I, I think AI is a really, really interesting space. I am excited to kind of see where it's going to take us. You know, when we hear the kind of comparison of AI to uh, mobile uh, when it came out in the early 2000s, you know, I do think that it probably has the same level of impact in how businesses and just we as humans kind of operate and live day to day. I think there's still uh, a ways for us to go for AI to kind of really be integrated into our lives. I mean, to some degree, we've had AI in our lives for you know several decades. Now it's just much easier and much more powerful. Um, so I, I think for startups, it's going to be just another tool that we can use. Uh, it's just that much easier to build software and creative solutions for customers. So I think we're going to see a lot of startups just kind of come out and leverage AI as core to their platform. And yeah. so I'm really, really excited to see where that goes. You know, I'm working with a few startups now that are in the healthcare space that are using AI for their solutions. Uh, we're seeing similar uh, types of implementation in ed tech, so in education technology. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of industries out there that are behind the time in technology and the AI introduction is going to help them play a little bit of catch up. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, this was fun uh, chatting about how uh, CEOs and founders out there can help keep their lives a little bit simpler while they continue to build their business. So I heard, you know, be focused, keep it simple and uh, trust your gut. Those were the two things I heard today that you shared. And I hope that the rest of the listeners pick something that was great for them and their perspective and where they are in, in their business life cycle. So appreciate you coming on and, and have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. Thanks.